guys, so we are officially starting, and uh, I'm just going to say, uh, welcome back to City on the Edge. I'm Ty Bannerman. I am not joined by my co-host this week. They are off doing other things, but I am joined by Hakeem Bellamy and Justin Thor Simonson. How are you guys today? All right, Ty. Very good. And um, Hakeem Bellamy is, uh, among other things, the inaugural poet laureate of Albuquerque. When when were you named officially? 2012. 2012. 2012 to 2014. And uh, has there been one every year since then? There has. We're on number four now. Very good. Who is the the poet laureate as of now? Michelle Otero. Michelle Otero. Okay. And uh, Justin Thor Simonson, a photographer and writer here in Albuquerque and producer of, of books. Right. Self-publisher. <laughs> Including the one I have here in my hand, which is a book called We Are Neighbors, Albuquerque, New Mexico by Hakeem Bellamy and Justin Thor Simonson. Um, so where did this come from, guys? What, what is this about? What, Man, our origin story. <laughs> Uh-oh, origin story. <laughs> this is always reckless territory because uh, mm-hmm. if you're in a relationship out there, you know each person in the relationship has a different version of the origin story. Just get to the meat cute. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, actually, Justin approached me. Uh, we had known each other previously. We had met mm-hmm. on an art project he was working on and, and uh, had kind of uh, asked me to be also part of that art project as well as connect to the um, African-American community in his Walls That Talk exhibit. Mm, and, yes. um, and then we stayed in touch. You know, we, we made fast friends. But later down the road, he had these images that he had taken and had a whole like narrative around why these were the images. And he shared it with me. And uh, I was struck by it. I saw, uh, you know, however many 40 images or so that he sent me, um, like kind of radio silence for a little bit. And then all of a sudden I sent him this email back with like stories to go to about 20 of those or 24 right. of those things and was like, Justin, that, that was really inspiring. Here's the, my knee-jerk reaction was to write these little flash stories okay. um, a little outside my comfort zone as a poet. And then uh, Justin from there was kind of like, we should do something with these. And, and it's been, had many different iterations since then, um, previous kind of book drafts. And then life would happen. He'd have a kid or I'd have a kid. <laughs> and then we'd come back and be like, hey, we should do something. And life would happen. And then this last time we were kind of like, now's the time now it's now's the time. it's ready to go yeah. so um well, why don't we move in order of inspiration so we started with the images uh so justin tell me about the uh, the images in this book yeah so the, the images are of the neighborhoods around central and uh kind of washington splits two different neighborhoods the mm-hmm. Mountville neighborhood and the highland neighborhood um so from washington i mean from carlisle all the way to san mateo and copper to Lomas essentially are the bounding areas. I work right in the area and <clears throat> in walking around um, on my lunch breaks, taking pictures of things that kind of drew my eye and um, testing out old cameras and just shooting and shooting, um, eventually kind of had 500 pictures and said, mm. what, what am I going to do with these? <laughs> um, so at that point, I started finding that narrative that Hakeem mentioned. I mean, just finding how things kind of related to each other, timelines, um, things like that. And then seeing that, you know, what I was taking pictures of were really um, sparse, you know, 
kind of dystopian almost without people in them. Yeah. Um, no people. No people in them. And, you know, I, I did go back and think, well, there needs to be a human element. I photographed people, interviewed people that live in the neighborhoods. Um, but it just didn't seem to really work from the photography aspect of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where I brought it to Akeem at that point because I knew I had something there um, and it just needed to be tweaked and tweaked or and um, added to. And so... Now, before we go too much further, I do want to point out that we are recording in that neighborhood right. right now. Live and direct. <laughs> That's right. Location. So this isn't, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, pretending to know about this neighborhood. We live here, or yeah. I live here. I actually There's don't. nothing pretentious about us, Ty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're kind of in the eastern part, half of that area that you described. Right. So we're, we're east of uh, Washington. Um, so Hakeem, you supplied kind of the human element to the with through the stories. Yeah, is that fair to say? But then it's not the people. You didn't like go and interview the people I did who not. live there. I did not. Was that a, so? Tell me about that choice. Yeah, it would, it, that that makes it a little bit voyeuristic and somewhat probably creepy <laughs> when you say it like that. Ty. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you making stuff up right. about my neighbors, <laughs> right, Hakeem? <laughs> but um. But yeah, no, like just like Justin said, like he had this visual narrative, and when he presented it to me, it it like that was the thing I was drawn to most. I was like, there's no people here. Right. And I probably just stumbled upon a factoid because uh, I'm only like a, a, a wannabe poser kind of photographer, as everyone is in the age of cell phones. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you have an Instagram it, account. Exactly, mean, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I had seen um, this article that had talked about how the eye, the human eye is drawn to the human eye in images. Like mm. we, we are some maybe that narcissistic or egotistic that as soon as we see something that resembles us, we're like, yeah, that's, yeah. Where, I wanna, that's where I want to look. Even and if it, it's just a rock or right, something. Yeah, <laughs> even if it's yeah. the smiley face drawn on a rock. Well, yeah. But or we're just... drawn to it. It's like two eyes and nose, <laughs> that's me, human. Yeah. Um, and so that actually did speak to me really clearly mm-hmm. when I saw the images. And then immediately as a word guy and a mm-hmm. poet, somebody who lives in, in my head and, and with words, was like, well, I wonder what the stories are there. Right. Like there's devoid of people. What are the stories of a structure, a physical yeah. structure? Mm-hmm. Or what are the stories of a neighborhood? And how do they interplay with one another? And so it was kind of like my attempt at creating a world, as, as, right. the, as the gamers know. Um, <laughs> and, and what are the relationships between these peoples and these homes? If you could right. just like snapshot into, you don't get their whole story. You just right. kind of get a, a right. conversation or a day or, you know, or a story about what's happening across the street, you know. And, and really my impetus there was like, you know, when you peek out the windows in the modern era where we don't quite know our neighbors right. as well that you're like you know and those kids across the street there's always cars there <laughs> there's little house. what's going on over it's there too many, too many people too many people around. in a driveway it's a two-car driveway not a four-car driveway yeah. you know and i'm like how do you turn that to, uh, like it's from this kind of um profiling kind of nextdoor.com right. is what I'd do you have, exactly you're familiar exactly. with, I am next familiar with okay that. yeah where I, you, I, everybody's I, up to something everybody's, up to something. everybody's something. casing the neighborhood when they walk around yep. so you're you're telling it like a more positive I'm approach. trying to say like yeah how do you use that as a practice uh-huh. of empathy and compassion mm-hmm. and begin and we all do it like I, I liken it to when you're at the airport you typically mm-hmm. are alone unless you're traveling with somebody and people are you're people watching and yeah. you're kind of like making stories about the people as they go by, right? You know, and trying to figure out what their deal is. And I was like, that doesn't always have to be bad. That could actually be used to kind of create community and bring people together. Um, And so the idea was just to create these stories. It was only later, like way later after we had done the book and we were getting ready to start doing these, these, uh, these readings and performances Mm -hmm. that I rode my bike through this neighborhood Mm -hmm. and was like, 
what if someone shows up and it's their house and I yeah, wrote the wrong well, that's story? A <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's, one thing that's interesting is even though this is my neighborhood, I could probably, you know, I could probably track down where these houses are, but none of them jump off the page as, oh, I know that place. But mm-hmm. they, they seem very familiar to me. It's very much like the character of the neighborhood, and it's it is the experience of like walking through a neighborhood. You don't um, you don't know every, you don't know the people who live in the houses. Uh, you don't know why there's you know the minivan there or whatever. Um, so yeah, it captures that. Yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, okay, so why don't we? Uh, is there a particular image story combination that you guys are are fond of? Yeah. Justin, go. <laughs> Okay. Well, it's I'm definitely exactly the, it the La Llorona story. <laughs> the La Llorona story. Right. It's, there's a pile of dirt. Okay. Um, yeah. So this is uh, New Mexico. So right. There's always a La Llorona story to be told. Which is one of my favorite images too, because it's so like real. It's like that gritty, not just because there's dirt, but but that it's like Albuquerque. It's like if you live in Albuquerque, you know, uh, orange cones, construction, and yeah, dug right. up roads Stuff are kind of like on. a way of life. Yeah, you know? it's, it's a like, little, <laughs> little gas can in the bottom corner to me. That that was when I saw that. I'm like, who has a gas can from like the 1950s? And it's like in the middle of a street construction. It's just pretty. Pretty odd. So maybe what we can do is maybe Justin, you can describe the image, yeah. and then we can go into the story mm-hmm. from there. So let's uh, go ahead and do that. Yeah. So th- the image is, is of uh, see so you're looking at a house from across the street, and there's a truck in the driveway, but like Hakeem said, typical Albuquerque. There's construction, um, the piles of dirt. They were. I'm assuming they were digging up, you know, like a water line or replacing driveways and making ADA paths. They were kind of doing that in that time frame. But, yeah, so you, you see the, the pile of dirt. It's kind of eaten away. It's not just a nice uniform pile of dirt either, mm-hmm. um, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, you have the traffic barricade and that gas can and some <laughs> tools off in the corner. And the house is one of these weird, like, it's almost like the Pueblo style, but it's got that kind of cap on it, I guess. Yeah, you know, the architectural style of that is kind of interesting. That is on the the west side of Washington, and it's kind of the fancier of the two subdivisions, Mm -hmm. I'd say. The houses are Mm -hmm. big, more estate-style houses on bigger lots, and the architecture was is kind of varying it seems like there's like two or three versions of mm-hmm. of like the pueblo style and then like a kind of an art deco era ish kind okay. of yeah. look and um this one kind of falls into that which is yeah the flat roof yet it still kind of overhangs and has kind of a have yeah it still 1950s. seems very like 1950s 1950s right single pane those, windows right. up there and yeah yeah <laughs> It's okay. begging for a rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do not encourage that. We do not encourage that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, okay. So, Hakeem, why don't you uh, go ahead and read? Let me stop it real quick here. There's no La Llorona for the aquifer, only the river. They warned Johnny Jr. about the Arroyo, but not the underworld. So when the city or base dug up his street in search of oil, he considered it an opportunity to see if China, Australia, or Alice in Wonderland really did exist. And no one has seen him since. 
It was sad, but it served a purpose. See, Johnny Jr. was a very good, albeit curious, nine-year-old boy, well-liked by his peers and all the other parents in the neighborhood. Perfect grades, even better manners. Obedient, sometimes misinterpreted as fear by the cooler kids he was desperate to be liked by. The makers of mischief as the antidote to boredom, who grew tired of parents always asking them why they can't be more like Johnny Jr. And the day Johnny Jr. slipped down the rabbit hole, he made history. He finally achieved what he wanted, to be the kid parents warned their kids about. Five years later, the city, or base, has not made so much as a shovel's worth of effort to fill Johnny's hole. The community vigorously protested against it, on the off chance Johnny Jr. eventually finds his way back home. Yeah, I've had that feeling. <laughs> Walking by the, the, the pits, you know? Uh-huh. Like, what is down what there? Is and I always yeah. think about like the dirt. That, that dirt has been here a while, you know? If yeah. they've dug far enough, that dirt has, has been settled down there for a bit. Uh, did you think about your own son when you were? I did. There? And so the, the irony is that it was after we had done these stories, which is sometimes you have to catch up with your poems. You, have, mm-hmm. you get the poem as an as a apparition and then you live life. And five years later, you're like, oh, that's what I meant. Right. And I actually lived just a year and a half ago in the International District. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was close to the uh, Kirtland. Mm-hmm. Uh, clean up, if you will. That's nice <laughs> way I could say it. And yeah. uh, and I remember literally on my corner, it was Anderson and um, Indiana, cross sheets mm-hmm. there, that like literally once a week, sometimes I'd go to sleep and it'd be nothing and then wake up the next day and it would be like police roped off, orange cones, digging, like well what? digging. And yeah. I would just be like every, I'm like, <laughs> you know, besides the fact that, you know, we, we were fortunate and blessed enough to use bottled water and not tap water yeah. in my house. But it was just like, just to just the look of it, the, the disconcerting kind of paranoia it creates mm-hmm. in general, and and that community was organizing against it as well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, when as soon as I feel like I didn't know that, then I wrote that, and then I lived that, and it was just like hmm, so. It was there. You yeah. just didn't know it was there yet. Right? Yeah. in a way. Okay, very cool. And what so what is it like as the the photographer who you know, you took the picture of this this house. Um, and then said it to Hakeem, and then the story comes back. What, what's that like for you? Well, it's really, you know, it's really interesting because he just said, you know, you got to catch up to your poems, and um, you li- end up living your poems after you've you've wrote them. It kind of feels like the the pictures that I made were I was working more on the ether. I wasn't really consciously looking for certain things to photograph, mm-hmm. and so. Um, the the meaning that came out of it after we worked through what the project meant and what you know we were what the whole story was and how it kind of um, represented Albuquerque um, as we went through all that and seeing my my photographs again late after all that it really adds all kinds of depth like oh well you know how did I capture that frame that actually meant that without knowing it. And that's something that Hmm. I think is kind of interesting about photography. And as a photographer now trying to work on other projects where I have, you know, a goal and I'm trying to capture this whole narrative and, you know, from the reverse angle, it's, it's, Hmm. it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, I think it kind of helped me learn what, and you know, what to look for, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense, um, in not looking, 
you know, right. just just paying attention to the the what's around you in general, just being observant. Yeah. Um, and and then you know, in the edit of photography, um, when you sit down and you're looking through your pictures, not just you know the brightness scales and 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 adjusting and cropping and stuff like that, but actually picking which pictures make sense. Mm. And, right. And that. Yeah. Um, Go that when I went from 500 down to 40 that I gave Hakeem, that was me mm. trying to figure out the story. Um, and now looking back, it's like, well, I could have probably we could have probably went down to like 15 and it would sure. have been really strong. Um, but that's another thing it kind of taught me was how to actually tell a story um, through my edit, of mm-hmm. picking the right pictures and putting them in the right order. Um, helps tell that whole story and gets people like yourself who's lives in the neighborhood and then you go and look at him and you're like well it feels familiar i don't really know where these pictures mm-hmm. are right because it's just sure. a car in a curb mm-hmm. or it's just a um you know a stick on a piece of concrete I, there's even just one picture sure. with a stick and a piece of concrete the wishbone right story. the wishbone <laughs> story um yeah it it's being able to to tell the story of Albuquerque with mm-hmm. just these um, very um, dystopian might not be the right word, but um, the the images are just sparse down to the the elements that that mean Albuquerque to people. Right. Um, so yeah, I like that idea of it being Albuquerque broken down to its like think of the periodic table. Right. It's kind of really basic elements. Which allows it to what what Ty was speaking to before we turned on the the microphones allows it to be kind of any town Albuquerque USA. Well, like I like you, that. You see yeah. a little piece of it, and you're like, that could be my sidewalk. My sidewalk's got cracks. That could be my sidewalk too. Yeah, right. <laughs> but so it's just it's and we talk about it a lot in poetry where the universal is in this hyper personal, so right? Deeper more like detailed specific oh not just any heartache but my heartache when you go there it has a more universal appeal so how do you get down to that level you know so and i feel like the the albuquerque that you you chose to photograph is one that's a lot of people have the experience of but it's often overlooked right Mm -hmm. um so you know as somebody who's written like about albuquerque history you go to Old Town, you go to the Hooning Highlands, you know, you look around for like the old, old houses or whatever. And if you're somebody from out of town looking to buy a house in Albuquerque, maybe you're looking at the brand new subdivisions. And there's this meat of the city that's just in the middle there. That's we were talking about the, the post-war housing, which mm-hmm, is right. mostly um, what's photographed in here. Uh, and that was a time when I believe you said that Albuquerque was growing by 100% every 10 years or something like that. So I know, you know, friends of mine um, who lived in Albuquerque in the 80s grew up in houses like this. So I think it's really interesting Mm -hmm. that you guys chose this uh, or that you chose to photograph this and that uh, you could then kind of universalize those stories in a way, you know? Yeah. It's interesting because until right this moment, you saying that, and I'm sure Justin has said that to me before, thinking about the era, the homes... I grew up in in New Jersey mm. were about the circa kind of the same era and when you said right. like you you are photographing and writing poems about homes lots of my friends grew up in that that actually that time right put it put made me think huh I was in those which look very different on the east coast outside of sure. Philadelphia <laughs> but those same time era homes right, when, right. when population was expanding at a certain right. at a certain clip right you know yeah. so and it's also like 
one thing I think is really fascinating about choosing to take the pictures without anybody in the mm-hmm. frame and then choosing to write the stories not about the people who definitely live here like they're mm-hmm. you know they're fictional um there's something about like these houses are old enough to have had a few different mm-hmm. groups of families or whatever in them um and you never really know those stories right like i've i've done some research into you know who's lived in this house you know mm-hmm. a few years back or uh and you know you can dig out certain certain specifics like this was owned by a a biologist at UNM back mm-hmm. in the 50s but that's it that's all you get and sure. everything else is all imagination kind of mm-hmm. like what you were yeah you know, you know i i do in when I used to do a lot of writing workshops, I don't do so many now that I work for the city, <laughs> but um, that was one of the things I would always impress upon my students. Like um, a while ago, if you remember the Daniel Day Lewis, he played Lincoln, that mm-hmm. whole thing there. I used to use that a lot because I was teaching creative nonfiction in my classes and trying to explain the concept of creative nonfiction to them. Yeah. And what I would always say is that imagine that the stars are facts. Mm-hmm. Those are facts. You, you, the dates, times, they got a lot of that information from Lincoln's, you know, uh, memoirs and his wife's memoirs. But there's this scene where they're in a room and it's only them in a room and they're having a conversation. Someone had to invent that. Someone right. had to imagine to mm-hmm. get from this dot to that dot. So I always think that if you think of the facts as stars, but the Big Dipper or the Archer, the constellation yes. of those facts, that's right. where the sto- that's where the creative part oh, is. Oh, I love that. You know, and I feel like that's <laughs> what we get to do a little bit here is what we have. These are real things. Right. And not real people. The names and places have been changed to protect the innocent, yada, yada, yada. But <laughs> are it's there, just Are like, there innocent people in Albuquerque? Yeah, right. This is true. That's a whole nother episode, Ty. But, but, but it's like that opportunity to say, uh, like Justin just said, and we both just said, is that like there's, can the, can the art make it real? Mm-hmm. And, and is it real because it's art, you know? And how do you like play in that yeah. gray area, right? You know? And this story that you just told, um, you know, something that strikes me is that this this photograph that you took, Justin, is, I mean, objectively, this is a banal thing. Right. You know, we're a, it's a, a pile of dirt on an asphalt street, you know, with somebody's house behind it. And your writing taps into this kind of mythic aspect of it. You know, we go to the underworld. And then that plays in with the uh, the idea of the, the Kirtland waters, uh, Kirtland oil spill underneath. So it's like, it's moving back and forth across these boundaries in a way that I find really enjoyable. <laughs> and the framing of it too. Like I feel like what Justin gets to do is he takes this very banal thing mm-hmm. and it's like, but it's, it, but it's also iconic. It's also like if you grow yeah. up here and that image <laughs> pops up in the St. Louis airport, you're like Albuquerque. Yeah. There you go. Right. <laughs> like, right. You're like, there we are. <laughs> so. One of the coolest things that I've ever seen was uh, my wife and I went to Washington DC the Smithsonian, and we walked into like there's the the main Smithsonian building, like it looks like a castle right on the oh the yeah, mall. yeah yeah the red um, red brick yeah and a lot of people thing. don't yeah, go yeah. in the in yeah. there mm-hmm. it's mostly offices and stuff but they mm-hmm. do have a little exhibit space and we walked in there and the first thing we saw was a lowrider with New Mexico plates <laughs> oh nice and it was like holy <laughs> crap this is art this is you know yeah. <laughs> just that removing it from that context of the everyday sure and putting it in this museum and it was such a Sort of a weirdly welcoming feeling, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Absolutely. So, what are what is it like when you guys do readings and so forth? Like, what are what are people's reactions? 
Justin? I don't know. You know, that, that's a, that's a good one. I think people are drawn to, to those stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of, um, like Akeem says, it, it, he put that human element in and that's what people are attracted mm-hmm. to are, are the human. They automatically connect with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I hear a lot of that, like, oh, I, li- I like this story about this person or, mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the, the story about the two kids, you know, with the breezeway, um, that's a really good story, <laughs> making moonshine yeah, and whatnot right. in the breezeway. Um, it, 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 they connect to that and it, it's pretty fun to hear them, um, kind of gravitate around that. And as a photographer, I find that really interesting because, you know, again, I, I took this Benel image as, you know, everyday thing. It could, Hey, I could have even grabbed it off a of Google street view for all it's worth. Right. Yeah. And, um, and then here people are kind of inventing this whole thing of, of, of who lives there. What did they do? Um, is that really what happened there? Mm-hmm. Could it have happened there? Um, and kind of to your point too, of, of this sense of ownership that people have as they've lived through these places. I kind of, kind of think people think about that when they see the pictures, mm-hmm. they're like, well, you know, are these modern day pictures or is that mm-hmm. from 1970 when Susie right. lived on Cause that they're block? Mm-hmm. Right? It's black and white. Right. right. So, mm-hmm. And I took, you know, the, when I took the pictures, I used film cameras for most of the pictures. Oh, really? So I, I took pictures with cameras and a film um, from the eras when the houses were oh, kind of vibrant nice. and new, which to me was kind of a cool artistic thing yeah. um, that I was doing at the time. And eventually yeah. it turned into something else where that didn't really matter, but it was, it, it added a certain element, I think to the, to the feeling of the pictures and right. set, set the tone for them. But as far as how people receive it in during our readings and stuff, um, I, I really do see them gravitating to the the human aspect of those stories. Well, it's almost like I'm playing a game, right, where I'm trying to get people to, like, this is my fabricated version, and the more people I can get to believe in it, the more it becomes the story of, of that image, you know? Right. But I think that we, you know, so in that way, I'm like, I'm a... Uh, I'm, persuasive you know yeah a rhetorical kind of jester <laughs> character yeah, like, little, you know? little, yeah, yeah, a little, yeah, little, little bit a little bit a little yeah. bit uh what is that uh, the trickster yeah yeah like, <laughs> like yeah. you know because it is like it, it's imaginative but the more people that you can get to give energy mm-hmm. to it it, it kind of has a life of its own but um but but i will say this i think that you know what you said earlier is actually like, you know, they, they, they're here for the stories. And a lot of times they, they pick up the book to take the stories home. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the, the draws that it look, it reminds them of something. It reminds yeah. them of their childhood or a neighborhood right. that means something to them. And that's where, you know, the, the, the image, the story within the images really kind of makes them feel like they belong to it. It makes mm-hmm. them feel like, you know, connected to it in that way. So. Have you, did you guys find anything out, out new about the neighborhood while you were working on this? I mean, did, Everything Justin told you was brand new when I first. <laughs> oh. Now I feel like an expert. Yeah, you know, I, I what I found about Albuquerque that I, you know, really when I was walking the neighborhoods and then I started kind of putting the dots to connect to connecting the dots of, you know, that it was developed during those times when mm-hmm. Albuquerque was growing, and I saw how. Um, west of Washington is the bigger mm-hmm. lots and then east of Washington is the 
the duplexes, triplexes, you know, even the streets are buildings. now straight, right? You got alleyways, you yeah. got all these things that you kind of don't have on sure. the other side. And that is, was just really a, you know, as Albuquerque grew, but then as Al- Albuquerque continued to grow it, to me, it's kind of interesting that Albuquerque is just a series of suburbs, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's interconnected suburbs instead of, sure. instead of like in big cities where, the suburbs are almost individual little towns that yeah. are amongst mm-hmm. and have different feelings. Like this one, it's like you go to the far Northeast Heights, you know, and you have almost the same feeling as you do here sure. versus on the West side, they might be a little bit newer, but right. they have the same look and feel Yeah, you know, after five years of being ex- in existence and all the houses mm-hmm. built, <laughs> they start to look the same. That's the trees are a little smaller. Yeah. That's about it. You, you know? know, when you were talking about this earlier and I think, kind of thought about the the way that a, that a tree grows like the rings of a tree you know like it's you, uh, two different sides of the tree but it's the, the same, same growth mm-hmm. era you know and that right. seems like kind of albuquerque has grown that way in some ways yeah you know? well interesting i think with in listening to you say that that how you know humans humans were this enigma and so you know the longer we are in a place the more uh we impact it. So mm-hmm. even if you do build new or different, it's almost like we have this way of bending it to our will because yeah. we, we're, we're going to live how we're going to live. So you're going right. to get the shoelaces on the power line. Eventually right. that's, that's <laughs> what we know how to do with the line that's up there. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, One thing I've thought about with some of the neighborhoods, especially I've noticed this in the South Valley, there are some neighborhoods um, down off of uh, Rio Bravo where, uh, do you remember Manny Aragon, the uh, politician? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I do. He built a <laughs> yes. He built a, a stone castle out uh-huh. there, and um, that particular neighborhood is a bit suburban looking. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not really sure what the history of it was, but it seems very much like it started life as a you know here's your lot, here's your driveway, here's your garage, but left alone for you know a few decades or whatever it started to like evolve in a totally different way so Manny Aragon built his castle and then just down the street from that there's somebody who's taken the shell of a VW bug and stuck it on spider legs you know and so (laughs) that to me that seems very Albuquerque to me Mm -hmm. like there's something where the people in Albuquerque we we take the neighborhood and we evolve it to be our own you know and I think I feel like maybe that's what you guys are doing with this you know yeah that's actually a, a big part of what um, as we as we got to this level of the book and we were almost, we were like okay this is how the book looks and this mm-hmm. is my my thinking really began um, and I and I brought it to Akeem is like how do we get the how do we get neighbors engaged into com- talking mm-hmm. about community mm-hmm. talking about neighborhoods and um, with the idea that if they do begin to talk about it and what they want and what they need out of a neighborhood to actually be neighborly mm-hmm. to their neighbors, um, instead of just living next to each other, mm. um, if they start talking about that, they can then shape what is going to become of neighborhoods right. in general. Um, and I, cause I think that kind of conversation, it, that is the American ideal that was sold is, you know, you have, you know, two kids and mm-hmm. a dog and, and yeah. you know, your picket fence and sure. three cars and whatever. Um, that was sold to everybody and that's why we all have houses. Right. Yet then, 
we don't really know each other and we don't, we can't go borrow a cup of sugar from our neighbor. I mean, right. not in Albuquerque. <laughs> I don't, I can't. I, 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 I know my, my neighbors. One neighbor, maybe one I know neighbor. who has yeah. the sugar. <laughs> you have a sugar. Right. But you know, the, and then you're like, is that sugar? <laughs> well, <there's> a, <laughs> you definitely want to choose your neighbor wisely right. to borrow it from. Yeah. But yeah, if you get them talking about it and getting that conversation to be around, um, the idea of a neighborhood again and the community again, mm-hmm. um, that was really where yeah. I think we settled and we're like, when we launch this, we're going to, we're going to get people that help us engage that community and make that about community again. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that is, yeah, right where we landed with it. So that's interesting. You picked up on that. And even the funding of the project, right? Like, you know, it's processed yeah. too. Like we, by the time we got to this level of design, um, Justin and his bookmaking talents and experience mm-hmm. was like, we can we can get this quality of paper, we get this quality of cover with our design. It had to be, it couldn't be like one of those shiny things. And so we were there and we were like, okay, now what would it really take for us to get this out into the world? Right. And, you know, we thought about doing Kickstarters and things like mm-hmm. that, but, but Kickstarters are hard. Anybody out there who's tried one, yeah. and you spend more time in... Get like coming up with incentives and producing that. Yeah. We could have just invested that in a publishing the book, right? Yep. And so we thought differently and said, let's look hyper local. Let's look to our own networks and find, you know, 10 people who would be willing to be founding publishers or founding supporters. And uh, they have a glossy, very nice version with yes. the print by Justin in it. Uh, and they, that allowed us to first launch, which was able to, and now we're in our second run third run second, oh, really? second, second run, second yeah. run um, of these as a result and, and also got to work with the school in this community media arts collaborative charter oh, school kind of no kidding let them uh, try on test drive our process as well so. was uh, Isaac Pease involved in that Tina I don't know okay. I might cut that out then yeah <laughs> I don't know he's a he's an art teacher over there so. it, no it was Tom uh, what was Tom Tom's Richardson? last Tom Richardson it was yeah. the photog- photography oh, okay. teacher yeah yeah so it was a very neighborly kind of yeah. production is what it sounds like. Yeah. And um, so where is it available? Where, where can people get their hands on a copy? Oh, we just, we just put some copies at Organic Books, organic one of the books. hottest new big bookstores in town. Look, yeah. uh, UNM Press. Um, I mean, UNM Press. UNM Bookstore. Sorry, mm. UNM Bookstore. Okay. Um, Bookworks. And us, if you see us, us around. Yeah, if you see <laughs> online. Yeah. Hakeem or Justin. If you see us around. Like, Give me a book, <laughs> man. Yeah, and, and, you know, online, if, you know, the people that aren't living in Albuquerque can't make it to those local places, mm-hmm. you know, we have it available on my website. We do. So. And what is your website? It's imnphotos.com. So I-M-I-N photos.com. Dot com. Okay. And is there a specific website for We Are Neighbors as well? I feel like I... It's there, but we kind of have a page there. Yeah, I have a page on my website, and I mean, we have various versions um, on different websites, but nothing. Oh, I don't think anything. It's decentralized, right? uh, (laughs) (laughs) We kind of have a lot of things in a lot of places. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why don't we go ahead and uh, you know, could we finish up with one more Um, reading story uh, image combination? I mean, it's a little weird because obviously you have to describe an image, and that doesn't quite work on the radio, but. Um, well, this time, let's have Hakeem read it first. Read it first, yeah, and then you tell us. Let you guys conjure an image. Okay. This is the engagement portion of the program, if you're listening at home. All right. This is the Close imagination test. <laughs> uh, Get ready. Actually, since Justin mentioned it earlier, I want to find, because we were talking about Better Call Saul before you uh, guys yes. all tuned in. Yep. They're ah, filming right go. down the street. There we go. Season five. Shout out to Better Call Saul. Season five. 
Remember when Albuquerque had drive through liquor stores? Ray didn't know if he believed him or the premise of his question. Weldon always told the most incredible stories between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m., the time when his parents got home from work, especially when they smoked his mom's medical and played video games. See that overhang, that one right there between the garage and the house? Yeah, my grandpa used to bootleg booze right out of this house. It was legit, Weldon paused. I mean, it was illegal, but it was the perfect setup. Ask my mom when she gets home, yo. Ray wasn't interested in fact. He was interested in fiction, an architect-to-be. He was more impressed with the safety prospect of the detached garage and how Winston's setup was better suited for a fantasy about a meth lab and a high school science teacher because even if the garage exploded, you'd still have somewhere to go. Nice. Okay, so tell us about the image here. So Just yeah, the, the image is, is uh, kind of like I had mentioned before. It's that breezeway. Um, that you know, what struck me is the fact that you know it looks like it could just be a two-car garage, and it essentially has become one. Um, but you can see right through. You got a garage on the left side, and then you got this breezeway that connects to the house on the right, and you can see right through not only the the breezeway which then lines up with the next breezeway of the exact same style of house that's one block over to the garage of the houses, the house that's like three blocks over, which is, you know, wow. it, it's just, you know, it kind of creates this optical illusion. It gives you somewhere to like go in the picture. Which it's I, like reflected mirrors or something. Yes. Right, yeah. right. It's like that tunnel you look in and like waiting for the kaleidoscope to turn and to go out there. But um, Welcome to the slipstream. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you also got this. So you get to meow wolf. Right. right. Yeah. You also got the huge trees in the background, which right. I, I just really like all the old trees in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. I tried to add those into a lot of the pictures, but that one, it kind of adds a little bit of element to the top of the picture. And yeah, you got that driveway that just kind of leads you right up into right to the set of breezeways and garages and. That's what we see nowadays when we look at houses. Is, mm -hmm. is everybody's garage? First. Yeah, Not actually, that's where what cars have turned us into. My <laughs> wife and I, we have we've probably had this conversation thirty times a year for like since we've been married. But it, every neighborhood we've been in, there's always that one house that's like been knocked down and they've put in a new house and it's just like a huge garage like two big garages you know and then it's just up there and you don't know where the front door is right that's yeah that's a weird thing um so what about that said uh said bootlegging and uh so that was just you know i i, I feel like that was at a time in my life where I just discovered that there was a history of drive-through liquor stores yeah. in New Mexico, and I like somehow wanted to put that somewhere, and oh that's just God. the first place that it came up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's an important part of like yeah. Albuquerque history. I remember that. I think I was, I came to UNM from Texas. I was born here, and then we moved back for. A, I moved back for a, to go to college here, and I think they had just shut they just down. Shut them down. Them down. Yeah, and. Uh, you could go through a drive-through liquor store, and they wouldn't just like hand you a mm -hmm. bottle. They'd hand you a bottle and a cup of ice. Nice. <laughs> so, you wild, know, wild west. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, I was like, we fully expect you to drink a drive. So right. here, have a nice exactly. cup, you know, for you. 
But um, it was well, just like I feel like I do that a lot. In my art, like if I find out something that I think is precious, yeah, I'll stick it in a poem so I don't forget it. And that was just a time when it kind of aligned. Um, but right. to the point earlier, I had to pull out my phone because I was forgetting the name. At our last reading at UNM, when we mm-hmm. had uh, we had an exhibit, thanks to uh, Katya Crawford. Shout out to UNM School oh, of Architecture okay. and Planning. We just talked to her the other day. She had mentioned, or someone there had mentioned, J.B. Jackson, who was uh, you know a, a thinker and planner, you know, from New Mexico, right? Oh. right? He lived, yeah, he lived in New Mexico. He kind of he's, he has a really interesting story um, oh. when we looked him up, but. Um, yeah, he lived out in Cerritos. This yeah. is not a name I know. And so. he was the one that kind of began these conversations, you know, in the academ- in academia around how we've been impacted by cars. Like how, like yeah. how you watch this talk that he does and like he talks about how the road instead of the, the this main street and the city mm-hmm. center and the, the, the things we needed to do used to shape community. Right. And now it's the thing we do to get to the thing we need to do yeah. that shapes community. And I was like, Basically, right. melted. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, he definitely was one of those thinkers yeah. that you're just like, whoa. Which is why the garage now is the front right. instead Dominating. of the door, because it's like, I don't know if I want you to come to my door, but my car needs to be close to the street. Right. But then we have a neighborhood like this one, right. where every house in this neighborhood was built with a garage. Mm. But I'd say probably 75% of them have taken those garages and converted them into sure. bedrooms. Mm-hmm. You right. know, So right. that's that's what happened here. So I think that's that's kind of interesting like yeah. we we revert and i don't mean that right. in a negative way at right. all but i mean that's you know who we are sure. is we need space to live more right. than we need a space right. for a car mm-hmm. if uh <laughs> at least if you're living at the kind of well, level you know, of subsistence that i am, in, you know? especially in the land of in-law quarters you right know, you never know when you're going to need another <laughs> right. another space for someone or or in yeah. the land of consumption where you you, you got to have a garage for all your stuff not oh, for yeah. your that car too. That too. but for you know storage of all your stuff that's which right. i'm guilty of myself i'm <laughs> guilty of it too yeah or you get well. a storage unit for your stuff so you can have a car <laughs> right. it's a slippery slope it is, yep. <laughs> or you just store it in your bedroom which used right. to be a garage right. So, uh, <laughs> there you go right <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming and thank uh, you, chatting yeah, thank you. with me today. And do you have any upcoming readings or anything going on with this uh, with this book? Or you know, then you know, it's probably worth noting, depending upon yeah, I this know. thing. This will be on in perpetuity, but um, that we're thinking of applying for this pop up magazine, which oh. will have a po- there might be a place in it for you, Ty. It'll have a podcast component. So oh yeah, we maybe we can get some good energy yeah, towards us so that we like get that application synergy. done and maybe yeah. bring something cool to Albuquerque. I haven't heard about pop up magazine. Yeah. Pop up magazine. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll look into that. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna try to get together a proposal. We'll need partners to help us okay. flesh it out to kind of bring something cool. Yeah, to Albuquerque. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Is this? Is this like a call out for? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, we have to pitch for, for it. We have to right. pitch okay. to the organization that does them, but then they kind of let you do them in your town. Think like a TED, like a TED yeah, yeah. ABQ okay. kind of yeah. thing. Gotcha. But, they, but you have to give a good proposal about how you would bring together right. the right components yeah. and be a good place for it. So. And it's basically their their concept is a live performance magazine. So oh. with radio, with uh, music, with mm-hmm. um, actual report, you know, pieces that were in newspapers or other um, reported articles and actually live performance of those with okay. interviews and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Very cool. It looks really cool. It's another, for us, exercising community and how do we yeah. bring people together, you know, around this idea that, you know, we are, we, like, are we can be each other's news. Yeah. We yeah. Are neighbors. Yeah. Well, thank you, neighbors. Thank you, neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Thank <laughs> little uh, Mr. Rogers. A little, little Fred Rogers. Here. Shout out to Fred. <laughs> <laughs> 